Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is everything you need for tips, tricks, and things to just be generally awesome. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm your host, Claire. And this is RDH Bites. Okay, everyone, today we have Dr. Stacey Violante, recently became a PhD. I would just going to say a wonderful expert for us as not only a dental hygienist, but also program director, also a fellow editorial board member of RDH Magazine, someone who has so much experience. And she's bringing such an important topic to us, one that our patients probably always ask us as well is the big word of F. So welcome to the show, Dr. Stacy so Violante. Much. Thank you, Claire. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to learn from you today. So what is the topic? Um, the topic today, like you said, is the big F, fluoride. Um, everyone seems to be a little leery of, of fluoride, especially with their children. But there are advantages and disadvantages to both bottled and tap water but the benefits of fluoridation seem to outweigh those of bottled water. I see. Well, hey, big topic. And if I refresh my memory, fluoride has not been in our tap water for very long, right? It's more like a recent modern innovation of lifestyle changes. I know growing up, I grew up in New York, Mm -hmm. there was tap water in our Mm -hmm. water in the 70s, um, but Mm -hmm. it's not available in in every area. So that's also Mm -hmm. a big issue and something that hygienists need to find out when practicing in their area. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, so um, I'm going to let you tell us more about fluoride. Sure. Mm -hmm. So today drinking bottled water is considered trendy and it leads to potentially uh, relinquishing tap water for drinking completely. Manufacturers Mm -hmm. produce high-end bottled water to no-frills bottled water, um, bringing Mm -hmm. different price points and price tags along with them. But bottled water um, may be more appealing than tap water these days um, and is marketed to be clean and clear. However, Mm -hmm. most bottled water does not contain fluoride, which is essential to prevent tooth decay. So bottled water is trendy, but is it beneficial to our oral health? Mm -hmm. Good point. So bottled water... Um, also does not really have regulations attached to it, right? When it comes to fluoride? Correct. The FDA does not deem bottled water to be safer than tap water, which a lot of people do have that misconception. And in fact, it is quite the opposite in most cases. In most Mm -hmm. cities, before tap water is deemed safe, it must be disinfected, filtered of all pathogens, and tested for Mm -hmm. uh, cryptosporidium parasites Mm -hmm. and viruses. Although Mm -hmm. bottled water is also tested for bacteria and chemicals, tap Mm -hmm. or city water is tested much more frequently. So for example, Mm -hmm. bottled water plants must test for um, chloroform bacteria just once a week, where city Mm -hmm. tap water needs to be tested 100 or more times per month than bottled. Oh, wow. It totally changed my perspective already of what bottled water versus tap water, the quality control is. Exactly. So um, when when we talk about fluoride, again, there's no regulation of what should be there, what shouldn't be there, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And that's what most patients, especially even Mm -hmm. hygienists, I mean, you know, learning about this myself, I didn't know a lot of these things, but you can imagine patients are not educated on these as well. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, for ourselves and also for our patients, then what is the conversation we should have for you know again among ourselves and for our patients when it comes to this bottled water or this misconception of fluoride is bad for you? Um, well, a lot of people nowadays, a lot of patients um, are big into holistic, and they're afraid of having fluoride in any type of dentifrice or any mouth rinse that they use. But Americans drink an average of 30 gallons of bottled water each day, according to the CDC. So aside Mm -hmm. from saliva, water also acts as a lavage for the oral cavity. So Mm -hmm. it may also prevent xerostomy or dry mouth, which can increase the acid production that leads to tooth decay. So though Mm -hmm. it may be the drink of, it may not be the drink of choice always, um, and crucial to oral health, deficient of fluoride, it can actually aid in causing decay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not the water causing decay, it's the lack of the fluoride. So it's important when you're um, treating a patient to Mm -hmm. find out um, what city they live in, do a little investigating to see if there's fluoride in their tap water to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, And ask your patient questions on even how they feel about fluoride and Mm -hmm. maybe educate them a little bit on what we're talking about today. It might change their minds. Okay, so um, we can ask them too, do you consume your water via tap water? Maybe that's one of the questions we should ask them in the beginning of the appointment as well, when we potentially see decay or some things that you are worried about then. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So um, talking about just fluoride in general. So, you know, textbooks, you know, sometimes they give you 0.7 to 1.2 parts per million um, you know, I understand it was kind of that range before, yes, that's the range. but is it, is it now is your um, 0.7 or do we still use that range? You still use that range. It's mm-hmm. still the same range. Um, okay. Yes. That's still the does range. that depend because some areas are more dry, you would consume more water? Is that the reasoning it, for this range? It does depend on the area. Um, and also, there's a lot of other factors that go along with it, too. When testing water, it's the acidic factor, there are different pH levels. Um, so all of that does come into play. Mm-hmm. Well. Okay. Hey, y'all. This is your co-host, Amanda. Just wanted to stop in real quick and clarify that, according to the CDC, 0.7 milligrams per liter is the recommended level for water fluoridation. There used to be a range from 0.7 to 1.2 milligrams per liter. However, we're no longer taking into consideration humidity or heat, different climate factors that may have provided a range that would have worked better. So, If you're getting ready to take your boards, 0.7 milligrams per liter is the recommended level of water fluoridation. Thanks for listening. And here's the rest of the episode. All right. So for our students who are trying to review for the board examination or really trying to get this community oral health under their belt, any other facts, any other information you could share about fluoride? Um, I can share a ton. Um, Fluoride, uh, as a definition itself, is a mineral that occurs naturally in many foods and water. Um, Mm -hmm. Every day, minerals are added to and lost from a tooth enamel layer through two processes, Mm -hmm. demineralization and remineralization. Minerals are lost or demineralized from a tooth Mm -hmm. enamel layer when acids formed from plaque bacteria and sugars in the mouth attack the enamel. 
Mm -hmm. um, minerals such as fluoride, calcium, and phosphate are then redeposited or remineralized to the mm -hmm. enamel layer from the foods and waters that we consume. Mm -hmm. Too much demineralization without enough remineralization to repair the enamel layer can lead to tooth decay. But fluoride mm -hmm. helps prevent tooth, uh, tooth decay by making the tooth more resistant to acid attacks from plaque bacteria and sugars in our mouth. It also mm -hmm. reverses early decay. And in children under six years of age, fluoride becomes incorporated into the development of permanent teeth, making right. it difficult for acids to demineralize the teeth. Um, mm -hmm. Fluoride also helps speed remineralization, excuse me, as well as disrupts acid production in already erupted teeth of both children and adults. Mm, um, okay. Can I have a question here or a clarification? Sure. So when we're children, we drink water and fluoride, you know, gets in our body right. and it kind of gets into our blood system and everything that kind of comes into our tooth as well via the saliva. Is that how children get their stronger teeth versus adults? They get it through more like the outside, you know, environment, which is right. Really and remember that contact with fluoride, right? A lot of foods um, also contain fluoride as well. Mm -hmm. Vegetables and fruits also contain fluoride. So we get I it see. not only from water, but from, um, foods and beverages too. Mm. And is that because those vegetables grow with that fluoridated water as well? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure actually if it's because of that, <laughs> but I'm sure a part of maybe a small part of it is, but that's mm -hmm. a great question. Yeah. Well, Hey, it was such a, such a, a fun topic actually. And, you know, you said that fluoride is natural, right? It's not something we invented Correct. out of, you know, the 21st century modern science. It's right. not something that's bad, you know, Correct. because it's been around forever. You know, right. it's like oxygen around. And us again, too. it's in the foods and vegetables, uh, mm -hmm. beverages that we eat and drink. So it is mm -hmm. a naturally, yes, it's not something mm -hmm. that we have made. All right. Um, in the water then, not in bottled water, but I'm thinking more like, you know, tab water, uh, how many, what's the percentage of the U.S. population getting uh, fluoridated water? Um, um, great question. Um, I believe when I read it, it was more like 70% or so. I think um, you're correct. Yes, it yeah. was 70%. Okay. okay, okay. So it actually seems like the majority of the population is benefiting from that already. Um, okay. What are the other sources that we can get fluoride from? You said fruits and vegetables in dentistry. What, right. what are some other Even things Even some beverages. Um, there's a lot of products that, aside from fluoride varnish or fluoride gel, there are a lot of products, mouthwashes, um, um, dentifrices, like I mentioned before, that do contain fluoride, that mm -hmm. I always push products that contain fluoride. Mm -hmm. um, even if, mm -hmm. if a patient comes to me and they say they have some sensitivity, I will always recommend um, a sensitive wash or a sensitive paste, but mm -hmm. containing fluoride because that will always help with remineralization of the area. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And a lot of it dental products contain fluoride. Mm, okay. And one thing I would like to mention that's I think a little bit newer, it's a silver diamond fluoride. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that, you know, it's not ev available everywhere yet. I think st we're still just seeing more and more of this product being used correct. in the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's not readily available everywhere, but it has, I would say within the last year or so, especially you'll see it more and more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially and uh, my, my understanding is fluoride is like, it's not the floor itself that that chemical binds into some of the chemicals in our teeth. And then they create something that's called fluoride appetite. That's actually the very strong structure. Is that how that happens? Yes, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's not the fluoride itself. It needs to go through a process of, mm -hmm. all right. And that's, is that fluoride appetite stronger than our normal enamel? Um, oh, you're going back to histology. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of what I, um, I, yes, read. I, I believe in the, in our textbook saying there's hydroxyapatite, but actually floor right. appetite is, it is. And that, yeah, it is. Okay. It thanks is. for confirming that. No and that problem. word, actually, the way I spell it always is very tricky for me. You have problems spelling that. Sometimes I find sometimes, myself, yeah, because it's fluorapatite. Is that Correct. how you spell it? Right. <laughs> Think Great. back for a second. <laughs> right. Every time I type it, I do the wrong thing. Um, Yes. And, and you brought this topic of fluoride, especially in bottled water. Is there a specific reason, um, you know, Stacy, today you wanted to talk about that? Um, just because I'm finding that um, patients are, do, are not aware um, mm-hmm. that tap water is probably safer. Um, mm-hmm. Again, bottled water is very trendy. There's all different kinds of bottled water from cheaper mm-hmm. to very expensive bottled water, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Um, What we're not realizing is even with adults who only drink bottled water may miss out on the valuable anti-carious fluoride that is in tap water. And Mm -hmm. children are missing out on the topical post-eruptive benefits of fluoride. Mm -hmm. Um, But also pre-eruptive, if you think about Mm -hmm. it, the developmental benefits um, from minimal fluoride exposure. So it's Mm -hmm. really important to to bring this to the surface and really have the discussion with not only patients, but colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) And for me, if I, if I think back, you know, the patients think, okay, fluoride, first of all, sometimes is a bad thing, or we get it too, too much in, in our drinking water. Um, Therefore I'm going to drink bottled water, but at the same time, bottled water is kind of this big stress spectrum. You might not get any fluoride, but also is there a possibility that they get too much of it in a bottled water? Um, well, it's all regulated. Um, and again, it is natural. So I, I'm, I don't think they, they would get too much from mm-hmm. drinking bottled water. What you would get too much from is um, in an office um, doing too many um, fluoride treatments, um, if the patient goes every three months, they should not have a fluoride treatment every three months, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But no, when it comes to just drinking tap water or uh, fluoridated mm-hmm. water, no, you cannot get mm-hmm. too much. It is regulated. Okay. All right. So usually you won't get enough of that good stuff. Right. right. 
hopefully they think about it as good stuff. Hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this really depends on where the source of the water is from and um, right. you know, which region it came from or the, exactly. the Swiss Alps in Europe or. Right. Yeah. Right. And what everyone should remember is fluoride doesn't change the taste, smell, appearance of water. It's just mm-hmm. overall fundamental dental health. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Wonderful. Have you seen any patients um, in your chair that are resistant to fluoride? Plenty. I've had plenty, plenty that consider it to be toxic. Um, just like with um, dental amalgam, they are just afraid right. of it, afraid what it can cause. Um, mm-hmm. But again, they're not really educated completely mm-hmm. on the benefits of fluoride or really the harmless uh, harmlessness of dental amalgam. I believe mm-hmm. it's All been right. around for years and years, but they don't really mm-hmm. understand what's in it and, and what it does. Mm, okay. And maybe you can share maybe one or two things that helped has helped you navigate that conversation for students or young graduates. Um, again, just having an open conversation with your patients, um, mm-hmm. telling them about how uh, the fluoride is regulated um, by the CDC mm-hmm. Um you can find out um, if their water is regulated, they can find out how much, they can read all about it. Um, I believe it's called Environmental Working Group, EWG, mm-hmm. to learn about w- local water supply. So mm-hmm. they can help their patients do investigate and find out, find out about uh, what's going on in their area. But just having mm-hmm. that open discussion about fluoride, asking mm-hmm. them why they're so afraid of it, and just bringing, mm-hmm. um, white paper to them, showing mm-hmm. them facts um, from, mm-hmm. from uh, research studies about it might mm-hmm. really change their mind. But it's really that dialogue between mm-hmm. you and your patient that can make the difference. Great. And what would be the best source if someone's going to Google some um, information? Would that be the CDC that you would go to? CDC, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So I did some research before our conversation too, about fluoride. I went on the CDC and I did find a ton of information. For example, um, well, they kind of determined this relationship between tooth decay and fluoride in drinking water, the 1930s. So this thing has been around for about a hundred years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forever. I mean, (laughs) that's uh, many lifetimes of some of our young students. Um, So (laughs) that, and then, um, you know, it started, I I believe in more like Michigan area. um, And right now about 70% are benefiting from it. And the cost though, when you put fluoride in water, the cost is so little, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It, there's yeah, just so, so many benefits of having it than not. Um, okay. And it's interesting. I, I read something that consumers spend 10,000 times more per gallon for bottled water than they mm. typically do for tap. And mm. as for the environment and people mm. that are environmentally conscious, although recycling mm. has become the household norm, not everyone follows suit and plastic bottles are imposing on our landfills and our landscape. 
another problem on exactly. top of not enough fluoride. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, cost to, I mean, you know, enormous, I guess, cost to everybody if we think about it, because the CDC said it's more like $4 per 5,000 people. So if it's right. $5 per 5,000 people, that's about $1 per 1,000 people. So you can do the reverse math and it's not even a cent per person exactly. to get fluoridated water versus how much is a bottled water? Like $5, $3? Well, it depends on the vending. Depends machine. on the brand and it depends. <laughs> on, but that's pretty really the norm and the range. Mm -hmm. Anywhere from, mm -hmm. I would say, one to four or five. Okay. But now um, um, there are companies that do make fluoride um, in bottled water, especially mm -hmm. for children, which mm -hmm. is really mainly marketed for. So you can find um, fluoride bottled water now. Okay. Well, honestly, there are just so many options out there, you know, that's good for us. But again, it seems like to me tap water, not only is it cheap, their regulation is really strict, they filter all the bacteria, everything you can do very regularly. So I think it's a no brainer for us. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any um, last words about this topic fluoride for us today? Uh, no, I think we covered mostly everything, but for mm -hmm. the students, just learn to have that open dialogue. And um, mm -hmm. even though a patient may be adamant, having that conversation each time you see them, just, you know, bringing it up and not forcing the issue, but just giving them a little more information. And as you do your research, it's great to present that at the next visit um, could maybe change mm -hmm. their mind and be a little more open to it. Right. I and mean, just like anything, it takes us in sales, they say six times to knock on someone's door in order to get the message across. It is right. the same for us, right? If hopefully we get that chance of six times, because we don't have any guarantee that they're going to come back. Sure. Um, yeah, I would say just like you said, don't force it just like anything in life. You know, if someone's going to force an, an argument on you, it doesn't feel great. Right. So right. understanding more the root cause of, you know, what, what is it in here that you are afraid of? Is that the fact that you heard somewhere that fluoride is poisonous or, mm -hmm. you know, kind of get to that instead of just showing them just research, but obviously have right. that in your drawer ready to go as well. Of course. But when you present mm -hmm. factual information, mm -hmm. it's always very helpful too. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. being us, uh, being with us and, um, you know, especially at your level of, of PhD, there's not many PhDs definitely in our <laughs> dental hygiene world. So big applause for you. Thank you. On that. Thank you so one, one last thing. We have a lot of students and young grads. Any life advice you would like to give them? Wow. Um, oh, gosh. Be patient. <laughs> be patient. Uh, okay. Be patient. That's most important. Um, be personable with your patients. I've learned mm -hmm. when I was practicing and I was lucky enough to practice with my brother. He's a general dentist. I've mm -hmm. learned that really listening to your patients, not only their needs, their oral health needs, sometimes it's mm -hmm. even personal needs. They really just want somebody to talk to while they're having this procedure done. But I mm -hmm. always, when I'm writing my notes, I always like to add personal things in it. Um, mm -hmm. about their children, their birthdays, the children's names, things like that. So the next time that I saw them, I would say, hey, how's your six-year-old um, little Joey mm -hmm. or whatever it may be? And the patients mm -hmm. loved it. 
They loved it. It built a rapport. And these are patients that uh, came back to me for over 20 years. Okay. But most importantly, be patient and just really listen. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I should practice do as well, making some notes <laughs> of other personal life as well and be patient. I really appreciate you today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is your co-host, Amanda, with a quick announcement. Have you looked at our VIP package yet? This has everything you need to help pass your national board exam. Whether you live in the United States, Canada, or really anywhere, our VIP package has something for everybody. We have recorded lectures, live lectures, curated and calibrated content made just for you to help you pass. Visit us today at studentrdh.com to sign up and for more information. See you next time.